Together, let us pray the prayer for illumination. Almighty and everlasting God, the King of glory, you have exalted your only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who ascended with great triumph to your kingdom in heaven. Do not leave us comfortless, but send anew your Holy Spirit to strengthen us and exalt us to that place where our Savior Acts of Apostles, the first chapter, beginning at verse 6. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, It is not, for you to know the time or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, they were gazing up towards heaven, and suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up towards heaven? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
A reading from the first letter of St. Peter, the fourth chapter, beginning at verse 12. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that is taking place among you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice insofar as you are sharing Christ's sufferings, so that you may also be glad and shout for joy when his glory is revealed. If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the spirit of glory, which is the spirit of God, is resting on you. Continuing in chapter 5 at verse 6, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Discipline yourselves. Keep alert. Like a roaring lion, your adversary, the devil, prowls around, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, steadfast in your faith, for you know that your brothers and sisters in all the world are undergoing the same kinds of suffering. And after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Jesus Christ, will restore himself, support, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
gospel lesson from John chapter 17. After Jesus had spoken these words, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, so that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all people to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. So now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you, for the words that you gave to me I have given to them. And they have received them, and they know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I am not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine is yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one, as we are one. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, thy word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. We just overheard a prayer. A prayer that Jesus prayed to the Heavenly Father. Happening at a pivotal time in his life and ministry. In John chapter 17, we overhear Jesus' prayer that we, his disciples, would be protected, that we would be one. And this prayer, of course, is coming just before his apprehension, his suffering, his death, before all that would happen on Monday, Thursday, Good Friday. And Jesus is offering this prayer knowing fully well that there would come a time soon he would physically not be with them. It would be time for him to leave. And that's why this particular gospel lesson is helpful for us on Ascension Sunday. In the New Testament, there are two times that the story of Jesus' ascension is told. We heard one earlier from the book of Acts, but also at the end of Matthew's gospel. We read about Jesus going up into the clouds, it seems, where he departed from the disciples. And this is Ascension Sunday. It's the last Sunday of the season of Easter. Next Sunday, Pentecost Sunday, when we celebrate the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon the church. God's presence and power in a new way for God's purposes. So on this Ascension Sunday, I want us to reflect about the significance of this moment in Jesus' prayer, overlaid with our celebration of the high school graduates. After all, 
In just a few months, you will arrive on a college campus and you'll feel like you've arrived in heaven. <laughs> but you know, Jesus, he, he departed from the disciples so that the Spirit of God could descend. And it's the teaching of the church that the presence of the resurrected Christ is experienced through the power of the Holy Spirit. But in order for us to experience that in our everyday life, wherever we might go, it, it seems that it was important for Jesus to ascend, to depart. There will come a time, very shortly, when you will depart. Immanuel Kant, the great German philosopher, wrote a treatise entitled, What is the Enlightenment? And he discusses the importance of a person becoming unencumbered by the presuppositions of this world that are oftentimes foisted upon an individual, sometimes by themselves, about the importance of being disabused of the notions that would keep a person from becoming fully who they're supposed to be. And according to Kant, the importance of education, going to school, is providing an individual the chance to stand on his or two feet, by him or herself, to prepare a person to be their own person. So the question comes, when you can finally stand on your own two feet, what will you do with those feet? Will you run away in fear? Will you give up and just sit down? Or will you go forward in faith? Our prayer, of course, is that you go forward with faith. There is a, a, a wonderful song with a chorus that I want to share with you. And the song is by a band that I like to follow and listen to their music. They're a group of merry Englishmen, all raised within the Anglican church, many of whom very well educated. Their songs deal with history, mythology, religion, politics, sociology, the name of the band is Iron Maiden, and they had this great song called Wasted Years. It was written by their guitarist named Adrian Smith, and he wrote this song after a time that the band was going through some difficulty. Some of the band members, there was some infighting, and um, they had a tough time on the tour, and they really weren't sure where they were going to go next, and they looked back on this tour, and there was conversation that it was just a big waste. The chorus goes like this. So understand, don't waste your time always searching for those wasted years. Face up, make your stand. Realize you're living in the golden years. I think those are great words for a high school senior about to graduate and go to college. Face up. Make your stand. Realize you're living in the golden years. 
about 25 years ago, The Truman Show was released, a feature film starring Jim Carrey as Truman, who starred in a uh, made-up reality TV show called The Truman Show. And so millions of people around the world would tune in to see what Truman was doing, what he would eat for breakfast, where he would go, what conversations he would have with people. And it seems that his life was being manipulated by outside forces he didn't know. And so, according to this film, people around the world were watching Truman grow up. It's really an evocative film. And like any film that is a work of art, it's up to the beholder to try to interpret and draw meaning from it. There's one particular scene I want to mention. It comes at the very end of the film. Truman is in a boat. And a storm comes, and Truman thinks he's going to die out at sea. But he doesn't. The sun eventually shines, and you see him do something rather noble. He hoists the sail. Meanwhile, millions of people around the world are watching him hoist the sail. In other words, life is going to continue. And as life is continuing, as the boat is moving forward, the bow of the boat crashes into a wall. And I can try to imagine all of the confusing thoughts mixed together. In some ways, it was probably an affirmation of what he suspected, but at the same time, he was surprised because the world in which he found himself all of a sudden was not as real as he thought. And so one wonders what is real, what is true. Truman's boat, it crashes up against this wall, which is actually the set of the TV show in which he's the star crashes into the wall, and then Truman does something that I think is absolutely extraordinary. He gets out of the boat. He gets out of the boat, and he starts walking along the perimeter of the world that he always knew and this new world that he's about to discover. And he walks around the perimeter, and he gets to a door, and he steps out of the world that he knew into the darkness of a new world. That takes courage. When Jesus ascended into the heavens, he looked down at those disciples who would eventually become us and trusted us with the ministry that he started. He had been faithful to the will of the Heavenly Father all the way through. And now, the act of faith required from Jesus was to depart. And he looked at sinners such as us. That took courage. So, to you six, including my own son, what you are about to do requires tremendous courage. 
any act of faith, a step forward, perhaps into the darkness, the unknown, departing from the world that you once knew into a new place, here's the good news of the gospel. The Jesus who taught us, who died on the cross for us, who rose on Easter, who ascended into the heavens so that the Holy Spirit could be with us. That same Jesus is with us now, will never leave you, will go with you as you take your next step of faith. I want to share with you Pastor Mark's five tips for college students. And before I do, I want to say a deep... um, a deep expression of gratitude to Jen Fote, our Director of Youth Ministries, uh, for her outstanding leadership and for your reflection earlier and for what Betsy said earlier as well. By the way, you'll find these five in your gift bag so you can take them with you. Number one, find a community of friends, maybe a Christian campus ministry, where you can be yourself, ask the hard questions, and sense that you're flourishing. Number two, let God empower you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression, as our baptismal vows put it. And let's throw in there resisting temptation, too. Number three, call home regularly. Don't just text, because hearing your voice matters to your family back home. Number four, Before your family comes to visit your dorm, remember, do your laundry, tidy up your room, and get a haircut. (laughs) Number five, always trust that your home church is praying for you, cheering for you, and saving a spot in the pew just for you. Good morning. My name is Austin Hedrick. I am 18 years old. Excuse me graduating from West Ryan in the high school class of 2023, as well as my friends here. I've been a member of First United Methodist since I was a kid. My first and favorite memories were always right around Christmas time, uh, making gingerbread houses out of the milk cartons, creating tree ornaments. Just this past year, we still had ornaments from whenever I was no older than five or six. I remember how terrified my little sister was of going and taking pictures with Santa. I remember how funny it was trying to get her to Take a decent picture. I know how hard it was. My mom struggled for it. I remember the feeling of the congregation all singing together and how it would make it feel just like the world was a little bit smaller. Like I was surrounded by family. Family like Jenny, our youth minister, has helped me from the time I started Club 45 all the way through now. Uh, Just back in 2018, we led a trip up to Lake Junaluska, held for our confirmation retreat. Um, After we finished confirmation, me and as well as all the others of the 2018 year joined the congregation. Uh, Family like Bruce Kolkebeck and Bill Schaefer, who have supported and challenged me and Nate as we have progressed through scouting. Starting from whenever I was only seven years old, they have donated years to help mold me and my fellow scouts into the men and women we are now. He uh, recently led an expedition to Cimarron, New Mexico, as uh, we hiked 80 miles of New Mexican backcountry. Truly an experience I will never forget. 
to Josh and the entire handbell choir for taking me outside of my comfort zone and encouraging me to try something new. I couldn't tell you what each note is supposed to sound like or what the squiggly lines are all supposed to mean, but I know they really set me up for success even though they had no real reason to. And I really appreciate that. And thank you again to the choir as well. I know you all tried your hardest. <laughs> and to my peers, accompanying me through the highs and lows, I know it's been a long journey and I'm excited for what's to come. And I know no matter what, we'll always have family here back at FUMC. Thank you.